0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1081, air date July 11th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Uh, Good evening. It's Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. It's July 11th, 7-11-2022. And we're going to have a discussion today about um, some very interesting developments that are occurring in two parts of the world, which I thought were quite fascinating. Uh, One is in New York City, where interesting enough, a video came out. And it's not just some random video. It's on the New York um, uh, emergency management site. And I'll take you to that. And it's basically saying that citizens of New York should be prepared for a nuclear war. And I'll, watch, I'll show that video to you. So this is not some fringe video. It's an actual video. A couple of uh, small newspapers have covered it, which is fascinating. But it's essentially a nuclear war preparedness video. Interestingly enough, some of you who are over the age of f- maybe 40 or 50 may remember when I came to the United States in 1970, I went to school second grade, uh, third grade in New Jersey, or even up to fifth or sixth grade, um, our teachers would tell us, you know, there could be a nuclear war, we had these signs for bomb shelters, and we were told to get under the desk, which I never thought made any sense, you know, if if a bomb's going to hit you, how is a wooden desk going to protect you? But anyway, nonetheless, that's the last time um, I remember uh, this taking place. But the Uh, Today, what we're going to cover is, I'm going to walk you through that video, we're going to play that video for you so you'll see it's real. And then, some of you may know on social media, I've been sort of posting, um, essentially, hopefully, inspiring people to be aware of what's going on between NATO and Russia. I did a post in a video, I think about four months ago, talking about how NATO and the United States, which is basically NATO, let's be honest, Uh, If you look at how much the United States is the number one contributor to NATO, controls that. Uh, By the way, NATO's funding is a function of GDP. Um, I think uh, whatever GDP you have, a certain percentage NATO wants for you to be a member. None of the other countries or NATO members contribute. I believe they're supposed to contribute 3% of their GDP. Only the United States and uh, four other countries do that. Anyway, um, so I've been um, posting uh, small notes hopefully inspiring people to do their own research. Um, But over the last months, I've been essentially doing, as we say, a systems analysis to educate um, people on the NATO and Russia conflict that was created. It should never have been created. I'm gonna walk you through some important um, uh, evidence of that from the former UN ambassador to Russia um, and then we're going to also connect that to two other countries, Lithuania which is a Baltic state which became part of NATO, which again never should have occurred according to the 1991 you know, agreements that were made, and Kaliningrad, Kaliningrad you're going to learn um, is an important Russian province on the eastern part of, um, it's, it's on the east on the Baltic coast which was essentially as a part of the Potsdam Treaty of 1945 became part of Russia. um, That was the agreement that was done with the Nazis when they uh, lost the war. So we're going to learn a lot today. So um, I want you to all listen carefully because we're going to cover what just occurred in New York city. We're going to use a systems approach to connect it with what's going on, you know, almost halfway around the world in Russia and Lithuania and Kaliningrad. So let me just walk you through our, uh, What we're going to go through, by the way, all of you know that um, this video is done as a part of our larger movement for truth, freedom and health, truth, freedom and health. Our movement believes we need to go beyond left and right. We need to build a bottoms up movement that needs to be based on working people uniting. And we need to end this division and polarization, which is being caused by the elites where they're pitting the left and the right working class against each other. And so if you go to vashiva.com slash join um, or vashiva.com, that's our website. And if you go to vashiva.com slash join, um, you will see that we have an entire um, curricula, an entire movement that we've begun to educate people on a systems approach so people can start to learn how to think. The video and the the analysis I'm going to do with what's going on in New York City, telling its citizens to prepare for war and connecting it, halfway around the world, is based on the system's approach. So before I delve into it, I want to inspire everyone to a video that I play, which is what I call the Truth, Freedom, and Health, Really, our anthem video, which will give you sort of the context of, all of this. And we'll come right back after this video, and we're going to jump right into the how New York City is telling people to prepare for nuclear war just today, about six hours ago, and what's at the same time occurring today, July 11th, uh, between Lithuania and Russia and Kaliningrad. But let me just play this video. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you. Deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the the left wing Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to V.A. Shiva, Victory America Shiva, V.A. Shiva.com. All right, everyone. So I hope that video... Um, gives you some inspiration. Before I jump into this, what I wanted to do was just take a few moments to emphasize that everything we do at VA Shiva and our movement is to educate you on taking a systems approach beyond left and right. And I can't overemphasize this as I'm you know, going through the comments. Everyone um, knows about this approach that we take. And however, some people um, are lost in this because they've been so bamboozled, as I've uh, said, uh, shared in this video, by this left-right narrative, you know? And it's unfortunate because when you get caught in this left-right narrative, you can never take uh, a chance to really see what's actually going on. And this is where uh, the establishment wants the American people to be. They want people to be caught in this left-right narrative to brand things as left or brand things as right, etc. cetera. And someone just posted, um, I guess, because I'm uh, giving a objective analysis in talking about Russia, that I'm a communist. And it's an interesting thing, um, because remember, uh, and this is why, uh, a very important reason why people should take our course, because we talk about how in the 1950s, the right wing branded the emerging bottoms-up working people's movement in this country as communist. If you said working people unite, you must be a communist or if you even have read Marx, if you've read um, the works of Adam Smith, or if you read the works of Jefferson, if you actually are well-read, but you happen to go read certain things, um, a, very, a bunch of stupid people, because they've been brainwashed, do this. And the reality is that the concept of working people unite goes back many, many centuries, probably back to slave times. Uh, it's not owned by Karl Marx, but I have personally studied all of these different philosophers and leaders, because I think it's important to understand Um, Some of them had insights at certain points. Some of them, in my view, were off, uh, be it Karl Marx or be it Adam Smith or be it Thomas Jefferson, be it Thomas Paine, etc. But we need to take this systems approach. We cannot be idiots and take a left or right wing uh, approach anymore unless you want to be used. Because right now, those in power want to take people, put them in the left wing bucket, the right wing bucket, make people apathetic or fourth bucket is make people domestic terrorists. So they go shoot up things and then use that as a way to suppress free speech. That's what's going on. There is a way that you can get out of these four buckets and go to a much more rational approach by using your brain and not uh, by being manipulated. And that is a systems approach. So my life journey, as this video shared, was to do that. And I encourage all of you, if you're serious and you don't just wanna sit on your ass and just watch talking ads, or be manipulated by politicians, um, is to recognize that there is a way out of this and take time to take the Foundations of Systems course, join our Truth, Freedom, and Health community. It's a worldwide community. We have close to uh, half a million people now all over the world who've uh, come in contact with us in one form or the other, but go to vashiva.com slash join, become a warrior scholar. So you don't um, say, or get involved or be manipulated by stupidity, but we teach people that we need to take a holistic approach in recognizing the movements for freedom, which some people just brand as some right wing, the movements for science, which some people may call nerds or innovators or whatever, uh, or geeks, and the movement for health, yoga Nazis, or people like organic food or earthy crunchy granola people, all these three movements actually need to come together because without freedom, You can't explore truth, and without truth, you can't really understand what's health. And without economic health, physical health, we're never going to be able to fight for freedom or explore truth. That's why um, we really need to recognize when people brand people that they're actually brainwashed people. They cannot think beyond left and right, and we should feel sympathy for them. And I I encourage those people to uh, get educated. But anyway, let me also encourage all of you as a part of this. Uh, If you want to come and talk to me directly, every Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do an orientation. And then I invite all of you. We have direct interaction with me. um, And you can come to the orientation. You just go to vashiva.com slash orientation and sign up. It's a great meeting. Last time we have close to about we had a lot of people. In fact, we had a, a gentleman who's from a little island north of Samoa, in the middle of the Pacific, and he's been under house arrest because he didn't take the vaccine since August of 2021. It's a very poignant story. So anyway, I hope all of you join us at the orientation. So let's jump into this. Okay, today is July 11th, 2022, okay? Several um, several uh, uh, months ago, um, Lithuania had told Russia um, that on July 11, 2022, we're going to um, increase our sanctions as a, uh, against you, um, and this was back in uh, I think April, uh, April or May. Okay, so Lithuania, this little small country, is telling Russia that we're going to um, essentially uh, continue the EU sanctions on you by stopping Russia. From sending goods through a what's called the Suvalki, Suvalki uh, gap or the border to the um, pro- the Russian province of Kaliningrad. Okay, so very very important to understand this. And and preemptively they told Russia. And by the way, so they're telling Russia we're going to stop you from sending goods. Various levels of goods. First, it was steel and now it's become concrete and wood and timber and any products based uh, uh, with alcohol in it, not only drinking alcohol, but any types of products. That So they sent a threatening note to Russia. And then preemptively, they told Russia that on July 11th, we're going to accelerate our sanctions. And by the way, if you attempt to Renege on the independence that was negotiated in 1991, where Lithuania could be an independent country. Um, then we are going to also take away, um, annex Russian lands. And so, so because they knew that the only way, and you're going to see geographically why, that Russia could protect their province is to actually go through Lithuania, all right. So all of this was engineered, you'll find out, because NATO is the one pushing Lithuania to do this, okay? NATO is using Lithuania as a proxy to start a disastrous war, okay? And you're gonna see that this has been predicted, including um, by the former UN ambassador. This was one of the most dumbest thing anyone could do, and all presidents, including Obama, and Trump and Bush were all part of this, okay? They should never have been pushed east of into uh, the areas of Russia. And this was an agreement that was made by George Herbert Walker Bush. So, but July 11th, 2022, important date, okay? Well, today there was a video that came out. um, A video came out on the New York City emergency management site. I'm going to take it to you. And it said that New Yorkers should prepare for nuclear war and essentially a nuclear preparedness. So I'm gonna show you that site. So you'll know this is uh, not a joke. Um, It is quite serious. And if you go to this site, oops, wrong site. Let me go here. Um, If we go to this site here, let me stop the screen here. So if we go to this site, which is the New York City Management page, you'll see this page is what New York City has. It's called Prepare, Respond, Recover. And they have various videos talking about hurricanes, you know, talking about uh, different kinds of uh, events that could take place. But today they put up a video about nuclear preparedness. And here's, um, and this is that video. It's right here, right over here is that video. And when we go to that video, if we click on it, I'm gonna play that video for you. That video, uh, let me go right there. That video is literally a public service announcement telling people how to prepare for a nuclear war, okay? So here we go, let me play that video.
1: So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step 3. Stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for notify NYC for official alerts and updates and don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right. You've got this.
0: All right. So we've all got this, right? We've got this. That's what the video said, you've got this. So that is a, think about the reality we're living in. The New York city emergency management is literally putting out a PSA telling people you've got this and this is what you should do to prepare for a nuclear bomb attack. This would be unfathomable if you told this to people about a year or two years ago, just like it would have been unfathomable if you told people that there is gonna be a broad pandemic our movement warned people about that pandemic back in March of 2020, long before all the opportunists came and made money off, frankly, the pandemic. But I'm letting you know about this because this is not some fake thing. This is the government of New York, which is authorized to put this out. Okay, so that's what's occurring. So again, let me remind you, it is July 11th, right? So what happened today halfway around the world? So let's look at what happened today um, halfway around the world, so we get uh, we get context of what's taking place. Okay, so halfway around the world, um, in Russia, let me go to this. So this this occurred today, an emergency announcement. But also on July eleventh, twenty twenty-two, today, TASS put out a notice that the European Union is not using all tools to make Lithuania allow transit to Kaliningrad. Okay, so this came out by the Ru- the Russian. Uh, you know, official government uh, bureau saying that the European Union is not using all its tools to make Lithuania allow transit to Kaliningrad. If you read the news on this, the European Union has postured, oh yeah, this is not good, what Lithuania is doing, we should try to diffuse it, and Russia saying that you're blocking goods into Kaliningrad from Russia, and you'll see why this is important, and you're not doing enough. All right. So what's going on here? So let's unpack this, what's been going on, because what's really, really unfortunate is that all of this has been going on. Our movement, Truth For and Health Movement, is trying to educate people. None of the major TV stations, none of the major media, New York Times, has even brought this to the public. They're talking about Roe versus Wade over here. We're talking about, you know, uh, Biden's issues, we're talking about January 6th, but there's no deep discussion in the media about the realities of a potential nuclear war. And the fact that the New York City Emergency Management Group is putting out a nuclear preparedness video, it really makes you wonder what's going on. And hopefully people wake up. Hopefully people get their head out of you know what and stop getting out of this left-right narrative thinking Trump's their savior, or thinking Biden's their savior, Or, you know, the theater that we're seeing on January 6th has anything to do with reality. The theater that we're seeing with pro-life and pro-choice has anything to do with the broader realities, the economic realities of what's going on to everyday Americans. But what you're seeing right here is on July 11th, Russia is getting really pissed off that one of their provinces, first they had the issue with eastern Ukraine, the essentially one quarter, as we know, of the... Ukrainian military are Azov members, fascists who've been uh, who were who put into power by the U.S. government through Obama. And we'll talk about that. OK, so we've been poking the bear literally and figuratively. OK, so this news just came out on July 11th, as you can see the date that Russia is upset that Lithuania is escalating the blockade of one of their other provinces on the far eastern uh, part, uh, which is on the Baltic, et cetera. So let's go into this. So what's going on? So Newsweek put out a note saying Putin and Lukashenko, sorry, Lukashenko, who is ahead of Belarus, who is very close allies with uh, Putin, are planning a joint response to the Lithuania blockade. And this was, again, July 11th at 11.35 a.m. That's this morning, Okay. So let's go into what's been going on. So you can see here, it says Russian President Vladimir Putin and his counterpart, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko, are coordinating a possible joint response against Lithuania, according to a report from TASS, which I just shared. The Kremlin said in a statement that the two leaders held talks and how the two countries could response to Lithuania after it imposed European sanctions on materials heading to Russia's Kaliningrad territory on the Baltic Sea coast. And the as um, the Kremlin said, emphasis was placed on the situation re- relating to illegal restrictions imposed by Lithuania in the transit of goods to Kaliningrad region. All right. So where is Kaliningrad? Okay, some of you may know this, but here's a geography quick geography lesson. We'll get into more details. Here's Russia over here on the west over here. Here's Lithuania. Down below, we'll get into this, over here, uh, this is Lithuania, this is Poland, this is actually Belarus, okay? And this is Poland, and between Belarus and Kaliningrad, which is over here, so Belarus right here is a ally, Belarus, sorry, over here is an ally of Russia's, and there's a little path right here, If you can see it right here, between Belarus that goes to Kaliningrad. So Kalinograd is part of Russia, but it's on the Baltic. The Baltic is the sea uh, that is another way that Russia can bring in goods. And Kalinograd has become very, very strategic since 1945 for Russia. But you notice it's sandwiched between Lithuanian, Poland, but there is a passage right through here. Okay. All right. So. So what in this uh, recent news that came out, it's a Lithuania borders Kaliningrad and also shares a 422 mile border with Belarus, uh, home to an estimated 1 million people. And it has been Russia's territory since the end of World War II, in 1945. So this is what they're talking about. This is this little piece of, of border. And we'll talk about this. This is called the um, Suvalki Gap that's shared. All right. So. Uh, as the article says, Lithuania angered Moscow after it expanded restrictions on trade through Kaliningrad despite prior warnings. Now, the EU sanctions, to remind everyone, um, just the timeline here, you may know on um, February 24th is when Russia went in to Ukraine. And it was on um, uh, 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 the June 17th is when the European Union, e.g. NATO's, backed by NATO, United States, et cetera, sanctions took place on on Russia for invading Ukraine. And those sanctions have now escalated to where now, as you see in this article here, that before it was steel steel goods essentially, but today the sanctions have escalated to include concrete, wood, alcohol, and alcohol-based industrial chemicals were among the additional goods barred starting Monday morning. Okay. So it's an escalation. And as Reuters reported, Kalinograd sanctions to take effect, Lithuania says, and what you see here is what is the Kremlin planning on doing? This comes back to you you've poked the bear already with you know uh the United States uh and NATO entreating you know the whole um uh Ukraine right and that should never have even occurred. And now uh, Lithuania, which is bar- part of NATO, so get this, Lithuania's part of NATO has also poked the bear by supporting those sanctions. Remember, Lithuania's part of NATO, Ukraine is not. And as this says, the Kaliningrad governor, Anton Ali Kanov said up to 50% of Kaliningrad's imports have now been affected, okay? And on July 4th, the Kremlin said it's mulling over various schemes in case of blockade of transit. They said that back then. Continues. So they didn't believe that uh, Lithuania would proceed with the today's sanctions, which essentially include 50% of the stuff to Kalinograd. And remember, we'll talk about it shortly. Kaliningrad is extremely strategic to the Soviets. It's their port. You know, the other port they have, why they took back Crimea, that's in the Black Sea. They have that warm water port and Baltic is the other, Clinograd uh, is the other port. NATO and the Atlantic Council have said, you know, we got to figure out a way strategically, and they've written documents on this over the last five to 10 years. It's been widely known if you go research that we got to figure out a way to stop uh, Russia from having access to these ports. So this has been part of NATO's strategy for a long time. So in, in this way, Lithuania is being essentially used as a proxy. Okay, so... As the article continues, it says that Russia is uh, looking at different things to do. Um, It was just announced a couple of minutes before this talk um, that on July 15th, Russia has called an emergency session of its parliaments, like the United States calling an emergency session of the House of Representatives, given what's going on. So some people believe Russia is actually gonna declare war um, on Lithuania. And remember, we'll get into article five of NATO, um, shortly about this, okay? So anyway, so that's the background, okay? Lithuania, proxy of NATO, has is blocking Russian goods to going to one of its provinces, okay? So, um, let's, uh, now, is this a new phenomenon? Uh, should we have known about this? Well, this is not new, and you're gonna see many, many ways this is not new. Uh, people have known the strategic importance of, of Kaliningrad to Russia and when you go you've already poked the bear in one area now you go poke the bear again it's like you do you want nuclear war? That's a question we have to ask. So let me again show you here this was an article that came out in the Sun and look it was almost seven years ago, six, seven years ago this article came out and it says will war and and it sort of makes hopefully not a prescient, Statement. It says, will World War III start here? And this is written back in November 2016, November 7th, how a tiny 60-mile stretch of land in Central Europe known as Suvalki Gap could spark a nuclear apocalypse. Okay? So this is why um, I think what's occurring in New York City is important. Okay? So this was written back in November 16th, a thoughtful article talking about this fact. Because it is in Kaliningrad that the Russia has 75 warships, 225 soldiers. It has nuclear warheads, and in fact, it has its you know supersonic fighter jets there. So this is a very important strategic point for Russia. And as this article said, it is here Russia's huge Baltic fleet is based, as are multiple Russian uh, war bases and a new exander I- I- and missile system, nuclear warheads capable of hitting targets 310 miles away. But since this article came out in the last few years, Russia has put his hypersonic missiles there also. So Kaliningrad is extremely strategic to Russia. And we're going around and we meaning United States, NATO, U.S. equals NATO. Let's not have any illusions about that is using Lithuania as a proxy to go block goods there. All right. So that's again. Th- again, this article came out in November 2016. So again, a little more geography so we understand this. So if you notice, where is Kaliningrad? Let's get a little bit deeper. So here's a map of Europe here. We see Russia up here, right here. Here's Mongolia, Kazakhstan. Here's on the eastern is Ukraine. And I've already done a video talking about the Donbass region. And uh, in Ukraine, you should go see it. It'll give you a real history of how we poked the bear uh, with Ukraine for Russia to invade. And as you go in, you notice that here's Lithuania here, here's Belarus here, and here is the Baltic. So This is a warm water port for, um, and that's where Kalinograd is located. So here's Kalinograd, here's Belarus. Let me do the border here as you can see it. There's a border of Belarus. So here's Russia here, here's a border. Here's Lithuania right here, here's a border here. Here is Poland. And if you notice this border here of Belarus goes like this up on the uh, western part, on the eastern part here. And this part right here is that Suvalki gap, okay, that we talk about right here, okay? That's this gap right here. So this is a about a 60-mile stretch um, between Belarus and Russia, okay? And this is what's going to be blockaded. So if this is blockaded, how does Russia get its stuff to, how does Russia here go into Kaliningrad? Well, one way is they can go right through Lithuania, and this is what Russia has started talking about. So Russia has started talking about on July, I, I believe on July 11th, I'll bring up the article, Russia has said, if you're gonna do that, block that, we may go back to 1991, and no longer recognize Lithuania as an independent state, and make you part of Russia. And if that's the case, then Russia, then Lithuania can exit out of NATO. So this is quite, quite incendiary that could happen. Okay, they're forcing Russia's hand to execute Article Five, uh, that for NATO to use as an excuse to ex- execute Article Five. So again. Um, Russia, if this is blocked and they have to get stuff here, either they'll have Belarus go through Lithuania this way, but the only way they could go through Lithuania without executing Article 5 of uh, NATO, is that imagine if Russia were to say, you know what, we're no longer accepting when the USSR broke apart in 1991, where we willingly let the Baltic states go, Russia became Russia and the Baltic states became their own federation. But we're going to bring back Lithuania to part of Russia. And if Lithuania is part of Russia, we don't have to recognize the USSR's old agreement. And in that model, Lithuania just leaves NATO. And then they can do that. So this is essentially the potential that can happen um, and essentially start a serious war. Um, The governor of Oblast, Oblast is the uh, part of Kaliningrad, Anton, Anton Alikanov said, the ban will block half of all goods coming into the territory, the majority of which travel via railroad. The ban will also cut off Kalinograd's only oil pipeline from Russia, okay? And this article in the first post further explains why this is really bad, why Russia is upset with Lithuania and the relevance of NATO's article five. And we'll go into that. So in first post again, uh, again, this is to go a little bit deeper. Top Russian official on Tuesday warned that Lithuania's decision to bar Moscow from shipping certain goods by rail this last Tuesday to Kaliningrad will result in a response that will have a significant negative impact on the Lithuanian people. And Petrushev, um, who's a powerful secretary of the Kremlin Security Council said, Russia will definitively, def- definitely respond to such hostile actions. The relevant measures are being drawn up in an interagency format and will be adopted shortly. They're consequential of a significant negative impact on the population of Lithuania, okay? And what could Russia do? So what will Russia do, okay? Are we going to have a nuclear war? Is Russia, what is Russia going to do? Well, um, the United States, one of the senior strategists who advises the government, Timothy Ash, he, he doesn't think Russia's going to. I think he's downplaying the nuclear option, but he says Russia will react for sure. The only question is what what that will be, what Russia could do militarily. A land attack to drive a corridor through Lithuania. Right. That's what I was talking about would be a direct attack on Lithuania, triggering NATO Article five. So I'm going to uh, educate everyone. What is Article five defense? Putin knows that's war with NATO. Can Putin afford that when he is struggling to deliver on even his own much reduced strategic objectives in Ukraine, he would also have to launch an assault through Belarus, stretching his supply lines and splitting his forces. He noted. So Timothy Ash is not saying anything about the nuclear option, but it almost seems like you have you you, in, in, you uh, get Russia pissed off in Ukraine, and then you piss off Russia over in Lithuania too. Theoretically, maybe NATO's thinking we defuse Russia's forces, and then we'll secure Kaliningrad, which has essentially um, Russia's key military operations. All right. So either these people are very stupid or they want to start a war. It's the only conclusion a rational person could come to. All right. So again, here's another uh, important analysis of this and why russia lithuania tensions are rising. And again, it brings up the fact that, you know, historically Kaliningrad was a region that was part of Germany, what was part of Eastern Prussia. And after World War II, per the Potsdam Agreement, that became part of Russia. In fact, Kaliningrad was named after Mikhail Kalinin, who was one of the Russian Bolshevik leaders. And the new tensions between Moscow and the West are rising after Lithuania, as I just shared, decided to halt those transports. And um, it's important to understand that Kaliningrad, as this article says, Soviet authorities developed Kaliningrad as a major ice-free port. You see, the reason Kaliningrad is important is because it's ice-free. Otherwise, Russia has to go up through its northern part. um, And it's a key center for fishing, encouraging people from other regions to move into the territory. But since the collapse of the Soviet Union and the independence of the Baltic regions, Kaliningrad finds itself separated from the rest of Russia, Estonia, okay? And the other thing important to remember is Kremlin has methodically bolstered its military forces in Kaliningrad, arming them with state-of-the-art weapons, including precision-guided missiles, all right? So just to be clear, if you look at Russia, how does Russia get its goods out to the ocean? Either they have to go up north, which means they need ice cutters, Baltic is where they use Kaliningrad, it's warm, or they go down through the Black Sea. That's why they took back Crimea, which was actually part of Russia, okay? So when the Soviet Union fell apart in 1991, Russia agreed, agreed, and I'll get to this, agreed that they would not go west, and the U.S. agreed they would not go east, all right? This is an agreement that was made by George Herbert Walker Bush, that they wouldn't go one inch to the east. All right, but the reality is NATO has violated those agreements that were made when the USSR, with the USSR, with Gorbachev, when it collapsed. So Russia's saying, "Well, wait a minute, you're not keeping our agreements. We're Russia. We're not bound to what you did with USSR because you're not following those agreements." And I'll get into that. Okay. So what Russia has said, and this has also come out, and is they've said this. So Russia has said. Uh, on June 8th, right after these sanctions were imposed and they saw Lithuania moving in this direction, the Russian parliament had one of their MPs move a bill. And this is he, he moved a bill saying that the USRSR's recognition, which was a former Soviet Union's recognition of Lithuania's sovereignty on September 7th, 1991 uh, would be null and void because it went against the Soviet constitution. And he said, we are the successors of the USSR. We have the right to annul the decisions of the Soviet Union, which are essential for us here. Uh, That was Yevgeny Fyodorov, okay? D-recognition would also give Lithuania legal grounds for exiting NATO, Fyodorov said. So think about what, so Russia is being forced to make this move. So they actually have a bill in the Duma saying, you know what, so so think about this. If you're a company, you you had a company, and that company um, divested some assets with a, a something that it had. In this case, USSR divested Lithuania. Okay, and the USSR also, uh, you know, uh, had Russia, which it broke off. Russia saying, "Look, um, we have the right to take back Lithuania," and this is this is the discussion that's taking place in the Duma, because the Duma is saying, "Well, how do we?" Overcome Article Five. Well, we're going to take back Lithuania, and this this is what uh, is already a bill in the Duma right now in the Russian Duma. Now, and as this this article goes on to say, the Lithuanian Defense Minister Arya Das Anushka said, "Well, if that occurs, then Lithuania would revoke the 1634 Treaty of Polianovka." and take back lands from Russia. So you see where this is going. You're basically lighting a fuse. So Lithuania is saying, if you don't recognize our independence, then we're gonna annex lands from Russia, okay? So this is escalating, escalating, escalating. All right. So, um, and you have to wonder, why is Lithuania in the middle of this? a small Baltic state. How do they get involved in it? And it's important to remember that it is NATO, US equals NATO, that is incentivizing this. um, And you can see as far back as April, this article came out in April 12th, Lithuania adopts resolution calling Russia a terrorist state. Okay? And then here's another one, Lithuania's president urges Sweden and Finland to join NATO, okay? These kinds of acts were never supposed to occur per the agreement with NATO, the United States, and the USSR in 1991 this kind of nonsense should never take place because you are literally starting World War III when you talk this kind of stuff, okay? But they're using Lithuania to do this. A little small country who really has no power on its own, but it's backed by the United States, by the military industrial complex of the United States and Britain and uh, a couple of other countries that donate to NATO. They are essentially using Lithuania as a proxy, okay? And they've been doing that for a long time or in the recent months, all right? And by the way, Lithuania is profiting from this because Lithuania essentially is being subsidized by NATO, as you can see, which is means it's being subsidized by the United States. You notice this defense spending was down and it's starting its military expenditure uh, percent of GDP is nicely growing for them. Okay, very valuable for them. So what is NATO? So what is NATO? We got to understand NATO and Article five. Article five is about one for all, all for one, okay? So who is part of NATO? Right now there are 30 members of NATO and you can see who they are. Albania, Belgium, Bulgaria, Canada, Croatia, Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Italy, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Montenegro, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and then Norway, Poland, Portugal, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, uh, Turkey, the United Kingdom and the United States. Um, Iceland's also there. So map-wise, you can see it looks like this. So look at this. Now, these Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, it was a tacit agreement. They would never, never be, including Poland, you know, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, these guys were never supposed to be part of NATO. In fact, the agreement was that we wouldn't go west of Germany, okay? But look at all these countries that have become part of NATO in many ways, violating the 1991 agreements that were made with the USSR. Okay. And by this effect that you see here, Russia is essentially, except for this last piece right here, Kaliningrad, if you can see it's a little gray. Once this is blocked, Russia really has no way out. It's landlocked in here, except it can go through here and NATO and the Atlantic Council also want to block. So the only way for Russia to get out is up north, and it's much more difficult for them to do that. So NATO includes all these countries in blue, plus over here, Iceland, Canada, over here. Okay, so that's NATO. Now, this Article 5, Article 5, um, what is Article 5? It says, collective defense is the heart of the NATO alliance. The parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of them in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all, okay? And that was Article 5 North Atlantic Treaty signed April 4th, 1949. So if an ally is attacked, each and every other NATO member will come to their defense. The first and only time NATO has invoked Article 5 was in response to the 9-11 terrorist attack against the United States, okay? So that was when it was invoked and then Cheney and Bush use that to go attack, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein when, you know, he said, you know, he had nothing to do do with it, right? So, Article 5, okay? So, Article 5 is beautifully there for NATO, e.g. the United States, that if Russia attacks Lithuania, all of NATO will go against Russia. It's written in stone in Article 5. So, if you're using Russia to blockade a military, a strategic port of Russia, blockade them, that's what occurred today, the blockade was extended, what do you think Russia's going to do? Why would you do this? You have to really ask that, okay? So, and let me wrap up by Again, what I'm attempting to do here, again, we're taking a systems approach here, right? We want to take a systems approach here because we want to educate all of you that you got to get out of this left-right stuff, Trump versus Biden, Democrat versus Republican, as though one is better than the other. Both of these parties have been involved. And I'm going to walk you through very closely now how George Bush reneged on his agreement with Russia, George Herbert Walker Bush, And then Obama is the one who set up the puppet regime in Ukraine, which started what we have now. And then Donald Trump, you know, speaking from both sides of his mouth, escalated. Meanwhile, he was saying he was friends with Putin. He was doing both. Okay. So who do we go to to understand that history? Well, we're going to go right to the horse's mouth in some ways. We're going to go to this guy, Jack F. Matlock. He was a career diplomat. He who served as US ambassador to the Soviet Union from 1987 to 1991. And he wrote a very famous, very, I thought, a very nice article here. It goes, I was there, NATO and origins of the Ukraine crisis. After the fall of the Soviet Union, I told the United States Senate that the expansion would lead us to where we are today. So he was saying this in February of uh, February, uh, February 2022, right? And remember, Russia entered on February 24th, okay? And so it's a very, uh, very nice article. Um, So someone's saying, uh, uh, thank you, Dr. Shiva, extremely important. Look, before I go into Matlock's article, um, I'm going to take a, I just got to grab some water, but this is very, very important. So hold on. I'm going to grab some water, but I'm going to play you, um, as I keep emphasizing, all of you listening, one of the ways you can support yourself And the analysis we do here is by becoming a truth, freedom, and health warrior, become part of our global movement to break beyond the left and right and take a systems approach. So I'm going to play you a quick video, which I'll share with you as a follow-on to our video, what the infrastructure that we've created so all of you can get educated beyond left and right, beyond black and white, and we create a bottoms-up movement. And I'll be right back. I just got to grab some water. Let me play you this features video. I'll be right back. (laughs) you <laughs> One of them is a V.A. Shiva Forum. Here you can start discussions. You can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is V.A. Shiva Social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use V.A. Shiva Social to interconnect with your fellow Truth Freedom Health Warrior scholars and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline communities. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. All right, we're back. So I, I hope all of you take advantage of our infrastructure they put together. It's, it, it involves education, which is you learn the science of systems, uh, which took me 50 years to organize into a curriculum. You get access to technology and you get a, an amazing community of people. We need to raise people's consciousness. We're at a very important time in history. We got to get out of the four buckets. I keep saying that the those in power want us to be in left and right you know, or get apathetic or do crazy stuff, go shoot up people or something, domestic terrorists. These are the four buckets. The opportunity here is to take a systems approach. The content that I'm sharing with you today, you're not going to get anywhere else, um, either by the social media influencers or grifters, because they don't take a systems approach. You're surely not going to get it on mainstream media. So I hope all of you listening um, take advantage of the infrastructure we put together. It's really for you, and it's really a a service that we want to do, because we got to bring people together. So let me go back to this. So as I was saying before, I just took that uh, short break, is that um, Jack F. Matlock was the U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union. And a couple of months ago, back in February, the beginning of this year, he said, I was there, NATO and the origins of the Ukraine crisis. After the fall of the Soviet Union, I told the Senate that the expansion to lead us where we are today. So he says, look, and so he was writing in February 14th. He said, this is an avoidable crisis. Okay between the United States and Russia uh, that was predictable um, and uh, was willfully precipitated but can easily be resolved. So this could have been resolved by common sense. And, And he says, was this crisis avoidable? And in short, he says yes, because he says in 1991, when the Soviet Union collapsed, many observers wrongly believed they were witnessing the end of the Cold War when it actually ended at least two years earlier by negotiation was an in interest of all parties. President George Herbert Walker Bush, George um, uh, you know, W. Bush's father, hoped that Gorbachev would manage to keep most of the 12 non-Baltic republics in a voluntary federation. So just to unpack that, what Matlock was saying was when the Soviet Union fell, USSR fell, um, 1991, the US and Gorbachev had agreed that the Baltic Republic which were east of Russia like Latvia and um, you know Lithuania etc they would just be um, their own uh, federation and uh, USSR or Russia would not go try to capture them okay and that was sort of a tacit agreement that was held there all right and he makes this very, very important point, and I want everyone to really listen to this. What Matlock says is something very important. He says, and, he, and he's, you know, remember, he's a UN ambassador or the US ambassador to Russia, and he was speaking favorably about Putin. He says, and despite frequently voiced fears, Vladimir Putin w- has never threatened to reabsorb the Baltic countries, like Lithuania, right? Or to claim any of their territories, though he has criticized some that denied ethnic Russians a full right of citizenship, a principle that the European Union is pledged to enforce. Since Putin's major demand is an assurance that NATO will take no further members, remember that, and specifically not Ukraine or Georgia, obviously there would have been no basis for the present crisis if there had been no expansion of the alliance following the end of the Cold War, 1991, or if the expansion had occurred in harmony with building a security structure in Europe that included Russia. So this is very, very important to understand. In 1991, when the Soviet Union collapsed, the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush agreed that, and Putin um, uh, agreed that the Baltic, you know, those like Latvia, Lithuania, would become their own independent nations, okay? And Russia said, fine, I'm not gonna, We're not going to try to annex them or any of that. But the bottom line is the agreement was that none of them would join NATO. Okay. So get that clear. It was an agreement that was made between Washington and Moscow that Washington, e.g., NATO, would not try to go and bring those Baltic states into NATO. Okay. All right. The only thing Putin wanted was any of the Russians who were living in those Baltic states. He wanted to make sure they had citizenship in those countries. And in fact, the European Union also agreed they should have citizenship in fairness to those people. All right? But besides that, Putin said, I'm not gonna go there and try to screw with those countries. All right? So that's important to understand. So then Matlock in this article says, again, this is just written a couple of months ago, was this crisis predictable? And what he makes a point here is this crisis was predictable because after that agreement was made in 1991, starting in 1997, six years later, the US, the military industrial complex, not you and I, the working people of the United States, started backing out of this very fundamental agreement that we made with Russia that we weren't gonna go and try to bring other countries into NATO. And again, let me read you the ambassador's um, notes right here. He goes, Was this crisis predictable? And he says, absolutely. NATO expansion was the most profound strategic blunder made since the end of the Cold War. I'll read that again. NATO's expansion was the most profound strategic blunder made since the end of the Cold War. In 1997, when the question of adding more NATO members arose, I, meaning that Matlock, was asked to testify before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, committee. In my introductory remarks, I made the following statement. So here is Matlock, the fo- former foreign Russian ambassador from the United States, being called in by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, being asked, hey, should we go and bring other Baltic countries into NATO? And this is what he said, okay? He said, I consider the administration's recommendation to take new members into NATO at this time misguided if it should be approved by the United States Senate, it may well go down in history as the most profound strategic blunder made since the end of the Cold War. Far more, far from improving the security of the United States, its allies, and the nations that wish to enter the alliance, it could well encourage a chain of events that could produce the most serious threat to this nation since the Soviet Union collapsed. Indeed, our nuclear arsenals were capable of ending the possibility of civilization on earth. Okay. So he's talking about the prospect of nuclear war. And he goes on to say, and this is the most important final notes here that I want to share. He goes, President Bush, and let me let me so Bush uh uh during the meeting in Malta in 1989, okay, during the meeting in Malta in 89. Um, with Gorbachev, as everything was, you know, as the Soviet Union was collapsing, um, during the meeting, Malta in December 89 assured Gorbachev that if the countries of Eastern Europe were allowed to choose their future orientation by democratic processes, the United States would not, quote unquote, take advantage of that process. Obviously, bringing countries into NATO that were in the Warsaw Pact would be taking advantage. The following year, Gorbachev was assured. And list, everyone listen very carefully. Gorbachev was assured that not in a formal treaty. So again, we're supposed to take two leaders, you know, verbal agreement. That if a unified agreement, if a unified Germany was allowed to remain in NATO, which means East and West Germany, there would be no movement of NATO jurisdiction to the East. Not one inch. Okay. So Bush told Gorbachev it was a clear agreement Verbal that um, NATO would not move one inch to the east of Germany. Okay. But you know what? They violated that. They moved east. And then they said, oh, well, you know, that was just a verbal agreement. We never put that in writing. All right. So. Now, was this Christful, and what Matlock ends his article by saying was, was this Christful, crisis willfully precipitated? He goes, alas, the policies pursued by George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump and Joe Biden have all contributed, bringing us to this point. So remember, George W. Bush, Republican, Barack Obama, Democrat, Donald Trump, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, okay? This is why I keep telling everyone, that we need to go beyond left and right. But Bo- all of these guys are part of the military-industrial academic complex. They're part of the United States elite war machine. They need war and that's how they sustain this quote-unquote economy, okay? So, whether it was Biden, whether it was Trump, whether it was Obama, whether it was Bush, Bush started it, right? Obama went in and installed a puppet regime in Ukraine. Trump then accelerated it, speaking from both sides of his mouth. Oh, I never want to start a war. Meanwhile, he funded a lot of military equipment to Ukraine and Joe Biden just continues the elite's policy. That's what's going on. So we need to wake up to this. We all need to wake up to the fact that left and right are together. And what we're witnessing right now is I just played the video from New York City Emergency Management is literally has prepared a public service announcement telling people this is how you prepare for nuclear war. This is real. And none of the news media is covering it. There was a time when the New York Times, there was a time when papers like the journals back in the 70s, at least had a few writers who would do real journalism. Now you have grifters like Joe Rogan, you have grifters all over social media, you have dumbass tucker carlson who watches which way the wind blows cnn this is what we have and they're all about pitting the american working class against each other that's what they're about and that pitting of the american working class against each other through all the you know distractions from hollywood to january 6 to all of this stuff while the US and the world economy is collapsing because in the last four years, well, in the last in the last couple, uh, year or so, Biden has printed about $2 trillion, Trump printed $6.9 trillion in one term, and Obama printed $4.3 trillion in one term. Left or right, they keep printing money and all that printed money goes to the banks and the banks never put it out into the public to build infrastructure, they took that money and they invested it in wall street so you have this fictitious economy so they need war war makes profit makes a, you know the elites even wealthier and you can look at what the pandemic did 600 billionaires quadrupled quintupled their wealth to become 2. Point, you know increase their wealth to 2.3 trillion dollars so we have to wake up and we have to recognize that we have to raise our consciousness The good news is our movement, you see the ticker below, Truth, Freedom and Health, has created an infrastructure so all of you can learn the science of systems. So you can use your very wise wisdom and your brains to see the things, see the way the world it is beyond left and right, start interconnecting. Why is it that someone in the New York City emergency management is putting up a nuclear preparedness video on the same day that in Lithuania, that they have accelerated their blockade of russia okay we need to start connecting stuff and let me f- wrap up by saying that uh, i just put this in at early this morning just today again on july 11th amid ukraine war russia parliament to hold extraordinary session so russia has called an extraordinary session of its parliament on july 15th so that is four days from now so four days from now the the Parliament of Russia is gonna have an essentially an emergency session. So this is quite extraordinary. And my intention in doing this was to hopefully um, give you context, give you history to see what's going on in New York City on the same date, the interconnections of what's going on um, almost halfway around the world in Lithuania and Kalingrad, resulting from the NATO-Russia policies, okay? Or NATO's poking the bear. And again, I want to emphasize Donald Trump. And by the way, you know, I voted for Donald Trump. Um, first time I ever voted in my life, so you can't say I'm against Trump. But I, in all... Um, uh, reverence to the scientific approach, I also had to critique Trump for what he also did. And you can see those videos on it. This is not about being in one camp or another. This is about my loyalties to working people and to make sure that they don't get screwed. Trump screwed working people, Obama screwed working people, Bush screwed working people, and Biden screws working people. The only people that will stand up for working people are working people, us. So, And the only way we're going to understand that, how to stand up, is if we recognize that we need to go beyond left and right, we need to take a systems approach, and that is why I do these videos, and I encourage all of you, for your own sake, to take the Foundations of Systems course and get educated, or you will surely be enslaved. And um, in closing, and and maybe I'll look if there's any questions, go to vashiva.com, join this very, very extraordinary movement, meet extraordinary people. Understand the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Recognize that um, we are dedicated to having conversation. So come to the open house and orientation we hold every Thursday. There's no cost. By the way, the course, you know I used to teach these concepts at MIT. I've taught it all over the world. People used to pay me thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. I put the course into a format. We give scholarships to people. It's affordable. The monies that you give, support our research, support our infrastructure. And after you take this course and join this community and you re- actually have an exam, you can get a certificate on understanding the foundations and systems. Once you pass that, you have the right to give this course, this knowledge to kids between the ages of 13 through 18, as many kids as you want for absolutely free, you can give them a full scholarship. So take advantage of the situation, raise your consciousness. Go to your neighbors and your friends and we have an opportunity to unite people beyond left and right. That's what we need to do. We need to start seeing the interconnections between things and not take a pro or anti approach or left or right approach. That's really the way forward for humanity. It's not the way of left and right. Because when you have left and right taking place, there's only a very small set of people profiting from that. Unless there's no other questions. Any questions before I sign off? I hope this is valuable to everyone. Someone says, uh, thank you, Dr. Schieff, for all this info. Beautiful presentation. It's a clear as day. NATO are liars, not loyal. War has always been what they want. You rock, Doc. Yeah, well, I hope um, that's uh, Jan. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, Please, I want to invite you to take the course, become a Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior Scholar. We need to have a movement where we raise people's consciousness so all of you have the knowledge, the community, and the education. So you can go educate lots and lots of people, but you need to have a foundation. Let's see what other comment here. Um, uh, NATO, yes, Frank Frank is great. Uh, NATO is like Big Pharma. By the way, Frank uh, uh, is a Truth and Health Warrior scholar. Uh, Frank is actually an electrician, uh, a master electrician. So. Uh, Frank nailed it. NATO is like Big Pharma. Exactly. Someone says it's NATO created for war. Exactly. Um, Yeah, here's one. The the verbal agreement was no longer valid since the fall of the Soviet Union. Okay, that's how they're getting out of it. Exactly. Um, You can go ask the American Indians how many agreements we got out of with them. Um, Someone's quoting George Carlin. If voting really mattered, uh, that would not They would not let us do it. Uh, It's a good point. Um, Let's see. Any other comments here? Um, Someone just said, uh, this is an interesting comment. NATO is just a drunken whore of the U.S. and Europe. (laughs) Um, Okay. Someone said, thank you very much for sharing all your information with the people. That's Lori. You're welcome, Lori. I hope that one way that... um, uh, you can you can do this for yourself is become a warrior scholar. We need more people like you. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, someone said, Russia is not the enemy. Our own government is. Well, we have to be, look, the ultimate reality, it is a small percentage of people. We don't know. I mean, look, Russia has its oligarchs too. So let's not, let's be mindful of that. Let's not make anyone a saint here. But the reality is, that the, we have to, I'll probably do a video on this. We have to recognize that when you look back at history, the Russian working people, and you go go back and look at how many tens of millions of Russian working people are the ones who really stopped Hitler. You know, it's a very, their numbers are order of magnitude bigger than how many other people died fighting the Nazis. So uh, that's why in Eastern Ukraine, the, in Donetsk and Luhansk, those, uh, whatever, I forget how to pronounce those two provinces, um, the working people there fought Nazis. So when the United States put the puppet regime in, in Ukraine, 25% of them, as it's uh, known, were essentially, uh, you know, fascists. This is what really pissed off those people. Anyway, everyone, I hope I see you at the orientation. I hope all of you become truth, freedom, and health warrior scholars. We have to unite working people beyond left and right. So we build a movement for truth, freedom, and health. And so we all start uh, working together and uh, remove, uh, not get lost in this left, right frame. We see things as they are. So I hope this video has helped people interconnect the events in New York City, the New York City getting prepared for nuclear war with their PSA on the same day July 11, 2022 today, as the same day as NATO, through its proxy, Lithuania is escalating now on the, through Kalinograd, it's uh, poking the bear um, in Russia. Thank you, everyone. Be well, be the light. Thank you. <laughs>